And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Hey, we're back. Adam. Awesome. So we have had quite a morning. We're, we're, uh, we're starting a new season. We're putting together a uh, new technology to uh, record the show. Uh, Adam has uh, now got a more, uh, I don't know, what would, would you call it, a more studio quality sort of feel to you? I think so. I've got some extra little buttons to press, and some more things to turn. It's yes. all good. Yes. And, and the excitement never ends because as soon as we were about to go on the air here, um, my uh, email got hacked and sent out a random email to 4,000 people in my email box. And now my phone is buzzing constantly. And now, hey, now the phone is ringing. You hear the phone ringing? <laughs> people are going to be calling all morning long to tell me that my uh, email has been hacked. I have changed my password. Everything is fine. Don't click on anything, everyone. <laughs> and and let us talk about soccer, if you don't mind. Can we yeah, do that? Let's do that. Oh, oh, my gosh. All right. So you have had quite a summer. We'll get to that in just a bit. But uh, you know what we like to talk about here is the Premier League soccer. And uh, and. Now, here's the thing. I'm also working with my finger instead of a mouse. So I'm hovering, and it's just starting things. Let's see if we get the right one. Here we go. Ready? Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? Wow. That's one in a row. (laughs) One in a row. Okay. So, Adam, when we start this this podcasting world – we have to talk about what's going to be happening in the Premier League because really that's the that's really the purpose of the show, don't you think? You're you're right. This is it. This is the week before. It's like uh, Christmas coming again. Fantastic! I'm looking forward to the weekend. Lots of great games. It's going to be fantastic. So you are. Um, uh, this, this is like uh, like you said. It's like Christmas morning. Uh, the Premier League is without question now. I think. Without question, it is the best league in the world. It has all the greatest players. It has uh, 20 uh, of the best teams. Every week, there are great competitions. And over the summer, there have been a few changes. You want to go over some of those changes, some of the some of the players that have come and gone? Now, well, first of all, let, well, let's talk about the three new teams. There are three new teams in the Premier League this year. Right, yeah. Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Yep, Sheffield United. Sheffield United. And Norwich City. Yes. So those three teams have loaded up. Uh, they they uh, they they no longer have the, the lineups that they had last year that got them into the league. They had to go out and buy a bunch of players, didn't they? Yeah. Actually, I think Aston Villa was probably the busiest. Uh, I think they ended up bringing like 12 to 13 players in. Uh, so yes, they were they very, very, very busy. In the uh, transfer market, um, one of their keen uh, signings, I think, might be a really good one, is Burnley's goalkeeper, who's also played a little bit for England, is Tom Heaton. So he right. could be a real big bonus for them. And then for the others, um, Sheffield United have kind of gone like a little bit more of a traditional route in the fact that they've they've signed some players that uh, have played in the Premier League, like Phil Jalgielka, who actually started his career was. He was playing for Everton last year. Some a little bit more experienced players, and uh, 
Ravel Morrison as well. And then you've also got with Norwich City, they've kind of been a little bit probably cautious in terms of the players they brought in. But again, some players from maybe outside the league, a couple of German players have come in as well, guy from Schalke and Borussia Mönchengladbach. So, so yeah, we'll see. See how it goes. And Norwich actually last year uh, in the lower division, they were a, a, a scoring juggernaut. I mean, they had, yeah. they scored tons of goals. So, you know, it's possible that uh, keeping some of those players up there um, is the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the big thing. I mean, we, we talked about this last year with Fulham. You know, Fulham brought in all these players, and we thought, wow, this is really going to help them. But they just never really gelled. And so you've got to be conscious of that with the players that you bring in. If they don't gel quickly, uh, the league is unforgiving. And yes. uh, and and that's what happened to Fulham. They couldn't they couldn't get out of the the bottom three, and uh, they ended up getting relegated. So let's talk about some of the uh, the big teams uh, and some of the changes they made. We'll start with Man City. The Vincent Company, their longtime captain, uh, is gone. Yeah, yeah um, that's a big loss for sure. I mean, in terms of being a leader. Uh, and then really, yeah. really, they haven't brought in too many players. To be fair, they just brought in two. Uh, Rodri, I think, is going to be a really good player. He's the, They signed him from Atletico Madrid. He's basically a right. holding midfielder. Um, and then Angelina from PSV as well. But they've just got a lot of young players that they're really utilizing a great deal. They've put a lot of players out on loan. Um, and I think Phil Foden, the young English player, is going to do a lot of uh, good things this year. Uh, they call him the Stockport Messi just because of how good he is. Well, didn't they also bring in uh, Zach Steffen, the American player? Correct. Now, he also, though, has gone on loan. Okay. So he, they brought him in. He's actually gone out to Fortuna Dusseldorf. Oh, so okay. So out. there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. so they, And that's the thing. They bring in a lot of these players, and then they ship them out. Like Jack Harrison, an English player who was playing here in the States, actually, played with New York City FC. He's back out on loan with Leeds United. Um, and then, uh, like you said, you know, obviously they lost Vincent Company in the back. He went to back to Belgium, back to Anderlecht. Right. So he's going to be like a player manager for them. And, and Liverpool basically uh, kept the same lineup. I mean, they didn't really make any big changes. Yeah, a little surprising that they didn't really bring in some major players. Um, yeah, I, I think, the, like I said, the biggest one before as we were chatting was probably Adrian, the goalkeeper. Right. He's going to be the new backup goalkeeper. He was with West Ham last year, kind of lost his place uh, uh, when uh, they brought in another goalkeeper. But uh, you know, with now they got rid of Mignolet, right? Uh, and so now with Adrian being the the backup, I don't think he's going to get much playing time. Probably just in maybe the odd cup competition. Uh, but he's a good backup in terms of if, if uh, Allison does go down. Well, you know, I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine who's also a Liverpool supporter. I'm a Liverpool supporter, and he was complaining that they didn't bring anybody in. But where are you going to – I mean, what what are you upgrading? Right. You know what I mean? It, They're it, loaded. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the biggest issue because, you know, you've got players like even a Daniel Sturridge who obviously has been very inconsistent. You know, he was never getting a game. Yeah. You know, and they, when they needed to, they could. But you've got your front three still, which is rock solid. And then you've got Origi, who came in off the bench when they needed to, and he scored all those big goals at the end. So And the, and the back is solid. you got Van Dyke back there. You've got uh, 
you know uh, the the whole the whole back line is solid now you've got a you know, worldwide great goalkeeper you've got yeah. a solid midfield you know what yes. where are you going to upgrade yeah no i agree i think they've got the players they need um it's now just a question of can they put it all together and uh i'm i'm going to i'll be very interested to see if they can take that next step now, because obviously Man City is the team that they're, they're chasing. Right, and Man City is coming off of two consecutive uh, titles. But uh, Liverpool is coming off a Champions League title. So, you know, anything's possible. Yeah. yeah All right, sure. let's talk about your team, Chelsea, because there have been a couple of huge changes at Chelsea. Yeah, nothing much happening, really. <laughs> uh, being pretty quiet, they released about 25 players, sent 25 players on loan, <laughs> got a new manager. Everything's happening. My goodness. Lost their best, their best player. Player. Oh, don't talk. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, it's it's been up and down. There's no question. I mean, it, it, it's been a tumultuous summer for Chelsea. There's no question with that. Obviously, the manager change, I think it's going to be a very positive one in the long term. Right. Even though Frank Lampard doesn't really have a ton of uh, experience as a manager. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's got one year under his belt, but I think he was in a tough situation. You know, he's there, had a year under his belt, and then Chelsea calls and says, do you want to be our manager? What are you going to say? Right. Uh, no, I'm not ready. Yeah. Of course you're going to go. I mean, so no matter how much experience he has, he's going to go. Obviously, he's a, he's an absolute legend at the club. Well, that's what I was going to say. He's beloved, right? So, I mean, he's he can take a few bullets before, uh, and he won't take bullets like the like the last guy did, right? He, he's got yeah. He's got time. He's got time on his side. He's probably got at least two, three years at least to be able to really kind of figure out what he wants to do. Um, I still think they're good enough to be in that top top group. Um, and remember, the thing is, they've got a lot of young players and they still did sign Pulisic before the transfer ban. Right. And uh, they got Kovacic, Kovacic in as well, who's now signed permanently from Real Madrid. He was the central midfielder player who was on loan last year. So there's two really additions and... Then when you bring in all these young players that actually Frank Lampard had at Derby where he was at, it's almost a new team in some respects. True. Do you think Pulisic is actually going to get on the field? Uh, he's had a really good summer. Yeah, I know I he has. I've been, I've been watching a fair few games. I think Frank Lampard really likes him. He came back early. He's putting in the time. Scored a couple of nice goals the other day uh, in their one of their preseason matches. I, I think... I think he's going to play a fair bit. He really is. Okay, and then uh, you know we still have uh, we haven't discussed Arsenal yet. Uh, Arsenal's made a couple of changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, kind of uh, players that uh, they feel are going to impact probably uh, Sabalos from Real Madrid. He's on loan. Right. That's going to be a player that probably can come in and do some things. They're probably having. They probably lost more of their players than anybody else in yeah. terms of. Um, Players that had an impact, Aaron Ramsey, who was there for for goodness you know, a very long time, yeah. yeah, he's gone. He went over to Juventus, which is a great move for him. Yep. Peter Cech retired the goalkeeper, you know, he was more of a backup recently. But then there's also a lot of talk about uh, Koscielny as well, the centre back. You know, he's the captain. And I think I even heard today that he might be heading back to heading head to France here, so because he has not been any part of. Uh, 
the preseason. Yeah, that's not good. So no. uh, Arsenal is in trouble. Um, what about Tottenham? Tottenham, again, very limited in terms of what they've done. Um, probably the biggest signing that they had is Nambele from Lyon. Right. He's going to be probably their biggest impact player. But haven't done much in terms of business. Again, relying a lot of their players. They ended up losing Trippier, who was... That's uh, a big loss. Yeah, I thought he was... Obviously, during the club season, he kind of struggled. Yeah. Obviously, he was fantastic for England in the World Cup. Um but uh, yeah, I think again they might be they might be a team that's going to be doing some business in the next transfer window because I think they may think Ooh, we haven't done enough to get to where they need to. So I think they might be off to a slower start. Uh, their preseason's been okay, uh, but uh, and this is a couple of years in a row now that they haven't really done much. I mean, they have a young yeah. team and they've got a lot of good players. Um, so you know they work from you know a good spot. However, yeah. uh, everyone else is getting better. You got to get better too. No, you're right. They've got a lot of good young players. There's no question, but they've also got a brand new stadium. They got to pay for too. <laughs> That's true. So, That's true. So I think they're tr- they're trying to figure that all that out um, in terms of you know moving forward. What are they going to do? They probably like Arsenal did the first few years. They probably had to kind of bite the bullet, not buy too many players. Uh, but they've they they've just got a better core than what Arsenal did, right? And that's 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 the difference. So they're still going to be up there. Uh, the biggest concern for them, again, through the transfer rumor mill here that I'm hearing, is Ericsson. He Christian Ericsson might be on the move. Oh I no! Chelsea, Chelsea was talking. Obviously, they have the transfer ban. So, but I've heard Man United he, that might be a destination for him. Well, that would be a big loss for Tottenham. That would be a big loss for sure. You know, we're going to get to predictions here in a second. I had not heard that one. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it may affect my, my predictions. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's a special guest talking about the 1958 Buick. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and my special guest for this story and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, and OPI production on the Radio Misfits podcast network <clears throat> a lot of anchors do that <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah it's a thing <clears throat> are you ready oh boy okay here we go three two one hi i'm howard sudbury and i'm steve baskerville let's do good. it again what that was good now we messed it all up what's wrong what how it was going good and then it went south no it didn't well if that went south get see what happens now Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. And we're back. Some of the other teams, is there anything else that we need to know? Uh, You know, anybody else that's brought in anyone huge? I mean, is there someone who is... Another another club that we should be looking at in terms of additions or subtractions? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think we've got everything in terms of cover. I mean, the funny thing is, obviously, we're recording this today on, on Tuesday. Right. We've still got two more days left right. in, in terms of the, uh, the transfer window. So you may see a big one at the end, but I think a lot of teams are fairly set. The biggest one probably in terms of transfer, Manchester United. 
Harry Maguire, right. 80 million coming in. So that was a massive one for them. Yes. Um, so he's going to make a big impact for them. Uh, and, you know, and I, we chatted about it defensively. They were shocking last year. So they were. they've addressed it. They've addressed it. They've got uh, Juan Bissaka from Crystal Palace, the outside back, who's coming in. You've got Harry Maguire now. If Luke Shaw gets consistency and he starts to show I mean, are you, are you, you sold on Maguire? I mean, do you really think he is the $80 million man? There's no, you know, I think everything is so crazy in terms of costs. Um, uh, is he worth that much? Probably not. But then again, you could probably say the same about Van Dyke. Was he worth 60 million or 70 million, whatever he was, but he yeah. made an impact on right. that team. It turns out he was. So, <laughs> and he turned out he was. So will Harry Maguire have that big of an impact? I don't know. He was very good in the world cup. Um, yeah, it definitely could. I okay. mean, right now, Man United needs help in the back. Their centre-backs are shocking. So he can come in and hopefully, maybe with Linderhoff is where I'm kind of thinking that's going to be the, the centre-back partnership. Those two could help, you know, stop the goals from coming in because that's what's been happening. That has been their biggest issue. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's do some of our preseason predictions. I know... Uh, yeah. Uh, we we talked a little bit about top four. Who do you uh, who are you looking at as your top four for this coming season? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's going to be any change. I I would say exactly the same as last year. I know that's terrible to say, but I think it's Man City one, Liverpool two, Chelsea three, Spurs four. Okay. I, I don't see any changes. I really don't. I had it uh I have Tottenham ahead of Chelsea just because okay. of the uh the churn at Chelsea. And you know, who knows? Man man you could slip in there. I think Arsenal's not going to. I think really man U is a possibility, but so I and and Tottenham I I reverse I re I uh, reserve the the opportunity to drop them if Ericsson goes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Put an asterisk next to him, yeah. What go. about your predictions for the bottom of the table? Yeah, th- this is a little a little tougher. I think two out of the three that came up are going to go back I, down. I agree. Which I mean, two do you think? I, Sheffield United just aren't ready. Yeah. They're not equipped. There's no way. And then I would say out of the three that came up, Aston Villa is probably the best equipped. I think they're going to sneak by and stay in. So that means Norwich, I think, is going to go down. I just don't. I just, I, I just can't see them staying right. up. Um, and then the team that I think that's going to go down with them is Brighton. Ooh. I think, you know, I think they're they're a team that have gone through. Some they looked pretty changes. bad the last half of last season. Yes. Yeah, they they were rough. Now they've got a new manager, um, uh, but I just. They haven't really done it for me in terms of the transfers. Uh, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I haven't followed a massive amount of them in terms of the preseason. Right. But I, I just don't think. I just don't think they're going to get get the job done. So I think it's going to be those three down. Okay. That's, um, I have a, another team to look out for as, as far as right. not uh, doing well this year, and I, and I just have a funny feeling about them, and that's Newcastle, because yeah. they, yeah, uh, you know, they lost a coach. Uh, Benitez, mm-hmm. who I think actually was holding that team together. I mean, I think he's the reason yeah. why they've stayed up the last couple of years. And then, uh, you know, they lost one of their best scorers. Uh, Perez is gone. Um, 
So I, I, you know, I just got a funny feeling that uh, Newcastle is is the team to watch as far as uh, going down. I, yeah, I hope they, I'm they wrong because really I like I like having that club in the uh, in the Premiership, but uh, I just got a funny feeling. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I can definitely see they're going to struggle. I think Burnley's in that kind of that area yeah. too that they may struggle, but. Uh, yeah, Newcastle with the manager change, Steve Bruce came in. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to get the job done. He might be the first first manager sacked. Okay, and 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 I love the term sacked. And now explain that foreign tradition, please. All right, we need to explain the foreign tradition because there are a couple of massive rule changes this year in the Premier League. I, I don't remember a season where there have been such big changes before. Do you? Yeah, yeah, this is a big one. So for all those referees out there, this is something they're going to have to really uh, comprehend a little bit quicker. So there's really six big changes in terms of rule change. And this is everywhere. It's not just the Premier League, it's worldwide. So the big ones that are probably, for me, um, the first one is the goal kicks. You know, to me, this is a massive one. So the ball does not have to leave the penalty box. So as soon as the ball moves... You can get it. So you can play out of the back pretty quickly. So that's a massive one. They were doing that in the Women's World Cup. You probably saw right. that. And uh, I know they experimented with it before in the season. So so this is a new one. It's just going to help with playing out of the back, especially at the youth level, I think it's going to really be beneficial. Um, the other one is probably the handball. I mean, now, in some respects, there's not going to be as much confusion because if it hits your hand, it's a penalty kick. Right. There's no accidental handball. Yeah, there's no subjective uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, if it was intentional or if your arm was moving uh, in an unusual way. None of that. It's all all off the table. Hits your hand, penalty kick. Right. And maybe that will help with the confusion. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. Is it going to help defenders? Probably not. I mean, is is it going to be harsh? I can see that happening. (laughs) I can see it happening in the opening weekend, a penalty kick. Poor guy gets hit in the hand, and it's a penalty. But it, and and that's good. Happen. You know, I was talking to my son about this, who is a, a big conspiracy theorist. Um, and, and you know, he he's like, well, what they're just going to start kicking it right for the hands. I really don't think that that's going to be the case. Do you think so? No, no, I don't think so. I think the problem and the concern I have is when those hands are just kind of in you know out outward, and they just get unlucky, and they have no chance for the. For them to ref, you know, right. uh, reflect it, it getting back, and then all of a sudden it hits them in the arm, and then oh my gosh, you can't believe it! They got a penalty kick, and so that's going to be the tough thing. Right. But then again, it's going to say, look, there's no, there's no concern. Penalty kick straight away, boom, hit your hand. Shouldn't have put your hand there. That's the way it looks at it. So, yeah, that's true. Um, but the, the, there's another you know, rule change too, which I kind of like, and that is in the walls. Uh, yeah. You're not allowed to, you know, as a as an attacking player, you're not allowed to go in the wall and just try to like weasel your way into the wall anymore. Right, that was happening a lot. Exactly, a lot of trickery plays, different things that they uh, teams would do. They'd have a player in the wall, kind of squeezing them to one side to maybe open up a little bit of space. So I think that's a good yeah. one. I think that's going to help with uh, just the the sportsmanship of the right, game. Right, really. exactly. I think uh, you know that, that's a good one. And then and the, uh, along with that, the sportsmanship too. 
you know, when they get subbed, they go off the closest area because that's that's always the frustrating part. Right. To me, and and I know you're a baseball fan, it's a bit like when the when the manager goes <laughs> right, off exactly onto, when the manager starts walking out. You're like, oh, yeah. That you know, I I turn off base, so many baseball games because right. of that the slow I know. walk the manager. <laughs> Just strolling, you know, or, or he sends the catcher out there first to talk, and then, yeah, yeah right, exactly. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, and those, yeah. Oh, yeah, those overly fit managers going out there, you're like, come on, guys, yeah. really, just run out there, give it a little jog. Come on, you can do that. <laughs> I know they're so tired; they've been running for a long time. <laughs> it 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 does drive me crazy. Uh, on the other hand, when you're the coach, it it's like a uh, it's like a tool in your tool shed that you no longer have, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, because it's a way to slow the game yeah. down. You're under a lot of pressure, typically. I, I love the substitutions. You know, there's three minutes of injury time, and you're subbing somebody with at the ninety second <laughs> right. minute. So yeah, that's like, true. Really tactical? Is that a tactical decision? Uh, you're thinking he might be able. To- I, I think he's going to pass the ball better than the guy I'm pulling out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that will speed things up. So at least they'll run off to the side and then hopefully that will, will make things all a bit better. And I think from a sportsmanship standpoint, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then the only other one, uh, well, the other two, I think, was the penalty right. kicks. The goalkeeper has to have one foot on the line. Yeah. That might be interesting to see what the new tactics that goalkeepers might make in terms of almost like a, a staggered start type of thing. And then the handball. Uh, so I think we mentioned the handball, but the drop balls, um, when there's no competitive drop balls, which always I hate right, it anyway. The drop ball is the most meaningless, the, ridiculous thing ever. Yeah, it's like a little battle of hitting yeah. the shins. It's almost, you might as well just kind of kick shins. It's like time, a face off in hockey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there was a slight other one. I don't think it was it's overly being mentioned, which I think is interesting. It, if the ball hits the referee, let's say you hit the ball, and it accidentally hits the referee, it's actually a free kick to the other team. Really? What's the yeah. thinking on that? So, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That's a <laughs> good question. Does that make any sense? I'm not sure. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. Because always the referee was part of the field yeah. of play. But now if it's – I guess it's going to stop it. And so then that way – it doesn't have any positive momentum for that team. So sometimes that might maybe you play you almost play like a little one two with the with the referee accidentally. Okay. Was that happening a lot? I, I don't remember seeing it, that really. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. You know what where I see it all the time, which I think is interesting, is in the youth game when you've got the uh um, the more senior referees standing in the middle and they seem to get the ball hit against them half a dozen times in a game because they're not moving as much. So that might have an effect in the U right. game, but we'll see how that works out. Okay. And then, uh, you know, the, we haven't talked about VAR. Yeah. VAR. Yeah. That's going to be, in, it's going to be instituted this year. And that's yeah, every again. game, right? It's uh yeah. Every game. English Premier League is going to be taking it over, um, similar to what we've seen in you know MLS and other other leagues as well. Um, and that's yeah, got a potential of really the changing down. the game. Yeah, for I, sure. I'm not sure I mean, if I'm a fan. I'll be it. honest with you. I, I you know watched it in the World Cup in the Women's World Cup, um, and you know there were goals taken away, uh, you know penalties given when there was you know nothing going on. Know, where you didn't see anything yeah. where they went and checked and and the penalty was given even though 
nobody saw anything, right? Yeah, yeah. It was almost to the point where they were looking for stuff. You know, kind of sometimes make it looked like they were making yeah. things up occasionally. I mean, saved it saved and, uh, uh, the American team a couple of times actually. To be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. Um, All right. But, well, I guess we'll find out. This weekend's going to be a good yep. test. And then there'll be lots of discussion. That's the beauty yep. of the Premier League. I love well, watching I'm it. Well, I'm totally excited. I need I need my outlet. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, going through withdrawal here. It's time. Yeah. It's time to bring yeah. it back. All right, let's talk yeah. about what's happening in this country. Hang on one second here. I think I got something in this country. We call it soccer partner. So we talked briefly about the Women's World Cup. I know uh, as a yeah. as a fan of the English team, you felt you guys got robbed. Yeah. Had a great run, though. Had True. a great run. True. Um, you think the uh, Americans were the deserving champions? Uh-huh. Mm, There's a long a pause question. there. That is a long pause, <laughs> <Yeah>. sir. <laughs> I, I think, I think um, overall, probably yes. But I think they had the luck on their side. There's no question yeah. about that. Uh, there was a couple of times when I thought um, even Spain, and to be fair, a good portion of the game against England, where they and where they looked really good, and uh, the other teams kind of put them under a lot right. of pressure. But I think well, the the one thing with the US is is they they know how to win these big games. They find a way to win, and so they've got that in their arsenal, which is really good. The concern long term, and I know we've talked about this, uh, in, from, even from a coaching development standpoint, is these European teams, South American teams, are they catching are. up. It, it's they are getting there. It's it's you know we're still up of the pile, which is great, but we've got to really up our game to make sure that we don't get caught. Well, um, well you know, but, and culturally, let's be honest. For years, uh, the reason why the rest of the world is not up to American standards uh, or was not uh, in soccer is because culturally uh, these countries did not think it was important for women to play these sports. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, and they weren't given the opportunity like they are here. Nope. There's no question. The whole Title IX thing in, in America is something that doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. And I think what's going to, you're, you're going to see. More players coming over here, playing in our leagues, going to college. I think it's going to happen even more. And similar to what the MLS has done, what's happened in the MLS, the MLS has actually been good for other, you know, CONCACAF teams, South American groups. You know, some of those teams like Costa Rica have been able to have now an outlet for their players to come over and play. And I think that's what's going to happen. Now, the leagues, though, are really starting to... To, to gel and really do really well in England. Their English league's really good. Right. Um, in Spain, I was lucky enough to watch a game in Spain as well, you know, on the women's side. What kind of a crowd so what they, kind of a crowd did it draw? It was I would say probably it was about maybe eight to ten thousand. Okay. That's not you know? bad. So it was it, it was good. And that's not to say that we haven't had good crowds. I mean I didn't go to the game but the the game after the World Cup, the Red Stars had seventeen thousand. Wow, that's game. fantastic! Yeah, and so it's definitely moving forward, and I think part of that's obviously the knock on effect from the World Cup, right? So hopefully we can keep that going. But um, well, from yeah, a U.S. soccer perspective, as a as somebody who uh, is part of the hierarchy of U.S. soccer, uh, the Americans winning it is huge for you guys, isn't it? No question. I mean, the fact that the U.S. soccer has won it, this is their second time in a row, 
it's great for the it's great and what we've seen even at the illinois youth soccer level is there's always a surge in players wanting to play soccer especially on the female side and so we're hoping that we can kind of you know jump on this a little bit more and encourage more girls to come out and play because that's the most important not only do we want more girls playing we need more girls coaching you know we need we need more of that and that's hopefully going to happen here Okay, so what so what has been happening with you? I talked to you a couple of times over the summer, and you are you were everywhere. You were out of town a lot. You were working your butt off. What's going on in the office these days? Yeah, very busy. Um, the summer was, you know, really for us from a coaching education standpoint. This is our busy time because we can get out, use the fields, and and run a bunch of courses. Uh, we've obviously did a few camps. We had a developmental camp for our younger age groups for ODP, which was great. We was able to bring in a couple of Chelsea coaches, which was fantastic. And the Red Stars came out. So that was a really nice uh, few days. And then workshops, um, coaching education courses. We're doing our grassroots courses as well as regional camp for our our more experienced players. And then uh, just got back from um, a national sea license that we was teaching. And then we, I was with, was lucky enough to be, uh, with 60 other grassroots instructors for a workshop in Kansas City this past weekend. Um, that was really cool. That was a, a really nice event. We did training sessions and looking at how we can improve uh, the coaching courses that we're delivering. Okay. All right. So uh, it's time for my favorite part of the show uh, and something that uh, I can't wait to get back to. Here we go. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. tip. All right, what uh, what game can we watch? I'm rubbing my hands together. It's time to, to turn the tube back on and watch some Premier League soccer. What are we going to watch? Yeah, we've got – well, the big thing is, so people are aware, the league starts on Friday right. night. So, actually, it's Friday afternoon. So, that's going to be the first game people want to watch. It's only Liverpool. So, you don't <laughs> need to watch that one. Who are who, who's against who's Norwich? Liverpool playing team. in the opening game. They're playing Norwich. Norwich, one of the newly, newly promoted. Nice, easy game for them. It should be, shouldn't, should be, shouldn't, not even worth watching. But the game you want to watch Sunday, ten thirty, Manchester United, the Reds versus Chelsea, the Blues. Wow. It's going to be an absolute corker of a match. I'm really looking forward to it. Harry Maguire making his debut. Pulisic hopefully on the outside. It's going to be a good game. The Reds versus the Blues. That's what we want. That's what we want. All right. There it is. Uh, be sure to tune in. Um, and if you'd like to know more about uh, about Adam, he's the uh, director of coaching. Uh, what's your exact title? That's fine. They technical director as well, but I go by DOC for the fine. Illinois Youth Soccer Association. Uh, I am the uh, publisher of Eckhart's Press and also uh, podcaster uh, Minutia Men with uh, David Stern. Uh, you can find us uh, Eckhart'sPress.com and Minutia Men on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Special thanks to Tony Lasano, who is the producer. Uh, and Ed Silla uh, is from the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, who was on with us uh, today, getting us on the air. Hopefully, everything is working out fine, and we have a show for you. And hopefully, the sound quality is good. And we'll be back again next week with another episode 
of Free Kicks. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, coming to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and friends, starring me, Tommy. And me, Kimmy. And me, Sam. Come meet your new best friends. <laughs> hey, if you want to listen to our show, this is what it sounds like exactly. It's all about those conversations you can only have with your true friends. So come meet your new friends, Tommy. Kimmy. Sam. Right here with and friends. Me want you as friends. <laughs> Radiomisfits.com. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Litigation Dodgeball. <laughs> Cathedral Putt-Putt. Nazi Amusement Park. <laughs> Warren G. Harding. Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Mary Lou Henner. And we interview one of the great celebrity rock and roll photographers, Mick Rock. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast and Opi Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. Hey, this is Tony Lasano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like Brian Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. <laughs>